Um, did you watch Are You Being Served last night? Uh, no, no, I didn't, didn't but, but because I've seen a couple of remakes that they've done the BBC before, yeah. and they were just so painful to even consider thinking about doing it, and yet even just think about it, but they did it, and those were painful enough, so I thought, I hated it, uh, I, of course anybody of any sense hated I, uh, I served back then anyway. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, good welcome one and all, and welcome to 2016. Apparently we used to do a podcast around here. Do you remember those days, dear? No. Ah, marvellous. Well, we thought we'd have fun and do one again, because apparently twice a year isn't really good enough. People like the monthly, regularly, that sort of thing, fit into their busy lives. We're busy people. We have things to do. I had to move to Norwich. You had to move to the Mumbles. We don't know why either of those things happened. It hasn't been that long, is it? Yes, we haven't recorded since you moved to the Mumbles. Good grief. Yeah. I say. I know. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. Yep. Well, so I mean, that means that it was, the, I mean, the last time I had sex was before we, the last time we did these. Like, yeah, like. Yes. Which I didn't need to know, and now I'm going to have to go and bleach my mind's eye. Um... <laughs> If we actually, we're trying, not that people at home care about this, we're trying some new software to see if we can make this, the connection better, because not only was Skype proving a little bit sketchy, someone went and bought a new bit of techie kit that doesn't have Skype on it, because he's clever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we thought we'd try something new and something different, and if this works, we're gonna, I'm going to tie the old bastard down and actually do several in a go, and then we can release them monthly, and people might like to start listening on a regular basis. We thought we'd yes. give that a go. Um, today yeah. we're going to be talking about, I think we've decided on film noir, um, we'll be doing the worst films of 2016 probably later next week I would imagine probably, because that looks like a fun thing to do, Kermode's done his, we don't want to be left behind, and I want to do Euro films as well at some point, reasons to stay in the EU, reasons to be part of Europe, reasons Brexit can fuck off. Um, <laughs> so, we'll start with, over to you sir, film noir, what are we watching? Well, uh, when, you, when you asked me for a, for a topic, uh, this this came to mind if only because um, I've always been a great fan of black and white movies and uh, the Humphrey Bogart sort of thing. And it was, you know, at that point I suddenly realised, well, of course, that that was film noir, or it's considered to be. So I thought, well, I'll look it, look it up to see exactly... When did the term come about? Now, the reason I was quite interested in, uh, some of you may be aware, I was the singer in a band called Private Dicks, or I may still be the singer in a band called Private Dicks. It does depend which way the wind's blowing, doesn't it? We shall see in the next 12 months. Ah. Anyway, um, from the big sleep, we took the name Private Dicks, because in that it's another word for the private eye. Now, everybody who watched those movies back in the 70s, knew that Private Dicks was a private eye. Now, 20, 30 years later, filthy-minded little children come along and think that essentially we're saying that our willies are never being shown to anybody. They are Private Dicks, and they go... (laughs) Children Uh, today. (laughs) 
well, well, we have to, you know, you have to put up with this and then explain it to them. And then they go, well, what are those bloody movies? So the term film noir, uh, literal is black film, closer meaning means a dark film. And essentially a dark film because they are not without their jokes, but the majority of the time they are melodramas. People get shot an awful lot. There's a lot of smoking. There's some heavy breathing. And essentially probably a lot of dry ice being put about the place. And some of them are just absolutely fantastic. Some of them are... Um, oh, I mean, let's, let's be sensible here. When cinemas in the 40s, 50s, 60s, even into the 70s would have two movies on, an A and a B film. And a lot of the film noir films were B films. Now, the, the term itself, in Hollywood, say, for instance, isn't even now really accepted. I mean, it was adopted in the 1970s. But they used to be referred to as melodramas. Now, you know, even now there's debate amongst uh, film scholars whether it's a distinct genre. To be honest, who gives a flying toss? They are black and white movies, which some of them are bloody great and some of them are B-movies. But there are, a range, there are a range of plots. Yeah. You've got Private Eye, Big Sleep, um, The Aging Boxer, The Hapless Grifter, The Law-Abiding Citizen Lured into the Life of Crime, Perhaps a Plains Closed Copper. There's an awful lot of these plots that are sort of set up. I mean, the, uh, the, the simple, A Victim of Circumstance, DOA, which stands for Dead on Arrival. Yes. Now, um, that is really quite something to see because it does actually become really very, very dark. And uh, towards the end, it stars Edward G. Robinson, who is a, a very, very quiet accountant who has run... His, uh, the books of his firm for years and it starts off with him being given a golden watch uh, for all the service that he's done it ends up with him well I won't sort of say but it ends up incredibly dark Yeah. and all because of a femme fatale isn't it always? yeah of course with bloody women isn't it we all know that mate I mean the troubles in our lives well it would be a dance lot easier if we were all gay that's all I'm saying no kids. Well, it used to be. I'm not good with high heels. Hang on, it used to be no kids, but now they're allowed. I mean, let's let's face it. You and I are apparently getting married, aren't we, at some point? Are that still on? Well, I mean, you know, if they got them, if they pay me enough. Well, that's true. That's true. We can tell the stories yeah. in the tabloids. I mean, yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, you got, you know, I mean, when we're talking about these things, that, um, I mean, I've got, got some quotes here that I've sort of looked up and, and things like that. And it, they, it does strike me that, as I said, during the 70s, it was a, like um, the, these black and white movies were just known as black and white movies that you knew were going to be melodramatic. And you'd have Jimmy Cagney, on top of the world, Mark. 
I mean, they, those were the thirties bloody movies, and they weren't considered to be part of film noir. Yet they're of the same genre. They're just ten, fifteen years earlier. Yeah. Um, so you've got a lot of people have been looking at this to try and, and figure it out if it's ever been able to be a thing, but. I, I, I really don't see the point of worrying about it. The films are either good or they ain't. The argument with music that there shouldn't be genres. There's just good music and shit music. Yeah, and yeah. Really, you know, a film is a film. It's either a good film or it's a bad film. Breaking it down into, well, you know, it's a superhero movie or it's a film noir or it's a detective action thriller crime drama. You can start going tying yourself in knots, can't you? You can, you can. I suppose we can't just say that they're black and white movies, obviously, because there are. It, it has to has have a um, a certain. Let's face it, black and white horror movies aren't film noir. No. Well, surely you'd also include some French, some French horror movies. Actually, are. Yeah, I mean, surely you'd also include like L.A. Confidential as film noir. Oh. But that's colour. Absolutely. Yeah, because that's just that, that's the, the the latest situation. Yeah. And I mean, the greatest thing, the greatest um, compliment for perhaps a movie genre is when there's been parodies made of them. And there have been numerous parodies of film noir. And what was the one that Steve Martin did where um, he was uh, a private dick? Dead men don't wear plaid. Yeah. The one. That's the one I've been thinking. I'm going to have to look that up on, see if I can find it on YouTube to watch again. Because if people, if no, you know, that just hardly gets shown on TV now. I mean, if we're going to look at the uh, this, you've got the cinematic sources of film noir and where they're actually coming from. I mean, there's the German films of 1910s, 1920s, which were really quite weird. Fritz Lang, 1931, M. Yes, how good is that? Shot a few years before he he departed from Germany, and was one of the first major crime films of the Sand era. Yeah, brilliant film uh, too. And then you've got all those ones that I talked about before, say with Jimmy Cagney and all the Hollywood um, prohibition era movies. So yeah, you yeah, had quite a. Um, You've got the, the horror movies, Dracula, 31, The Mummy, yeah. um, the silent horror movies at that point. It, it was all about the filming, the atmosphere, the shadows, uh, the sets, the lighting, of course. Yeah, of course. So you've got all of those things. And then you've got the, uh, the Thin Man, the Fal- Maltese Falcon, a number of those, those movies. Ah, oh, yeah, the Maltese Falcon, a classic. Yeah, yeah. The devil is a woman. Oh. Public enemy, Scarface. Yeah, they, these were these were uh, just forerunners of actually that. It was almost as if though that uh, the film noir bit just took it to a darker, deeper place where darker, deeper people tended to go. I mean, the Lost Weekend, Billy Wilder's movie yeah. about the alcoholic. I mean, the way it was filmed, it's, it's absolutely classic in the, the way it sort of describes the horror the alcoholic is going through. Yeah. 
um, absolutely, absolutely amazing as it is, and yet that's not seen as being as being in the in the genre. No, not at all. You know. So I mean, and then then you start looking about who started. So who was writing the scripts for these things? You, I mean, you've got well, we're looking at double identity. Postman rings twice already men mentioned. Um, City streets, the big sleep, farewell, my lovely, Raymond Chandler. So all of these were, were precursors to what we were talking about, and then perhaps um, uh, Mister, well, what's his face again? Who did the birds and? Oh, Alfred. Yeah, strangers on the train and things like that. Yeah. I remember you talking about it the other day because. I was saying about how much Hitchcock movies have left me very, very cold uh, upon reviewing them now, 30, 40 years later. But a couple, and one of them was um, Strangers on the Train. They're, they're really dark, bloody things. They really are. I, I mean, to the, to the amount that they actually shot me now. Uh, yeah, but you're, you're, you're easily shocked these days, my dear. You're very easily shocked these days. I mean, you think Fleabag is shocking. I know. Well, Fleabag did shock me. I know. I mean, you know, I mean, to see a young lady actually talking about anal sex on TV, just, well, I mean... <laughs> you, you clearly don't watch much Loose Women, do you? <laughs> oh, dear, dear, dear. Well, so you've got a lot of those things. I mean, there's, I mean, most of these things still, to the extent they they were budget features, B movies. That's what the B stands for, budget movie. interesting, isn't it? Yes. No. Oh. <laughs> and then, of course, then it got to the stage where they were, um, the film noir. As I said, took it to the deeper, darker places, and they they had plot elements and dialogue that were very risque for the time. Yes. So a lot of the, the codes that Hollywood had were this is where they were first challenged. Women no longer had to have one foot on the floor to be in bed with a man. They they were actually seen afterwards having cigarettes. That's just wrong. It is. It's totally wrong. It should not be allowed. But when you, when you consider that, um, in fact, this was the, the time of um, post-war Puritanism and uh, going after uh, communists in America, the fact that they got away with it is quite interesting. I mean, they've got you know, this slew of renowned bad girls... Yeah. Rita Hayworth, Lana Turner, Ava Gardner, Jane Greer, a number of these were actually there. Um, the, and the Private Eye came in with it with this um, the Femme Fatales, um, yes. Bogart as Sam Spade, Dick Powell as Marlowe, Garner Andrews in Laura, Edmund O'Brien in The Killers, Edward G. Robinson as the government agent in The Stranger. These are all these are all things that as soon as I see they're on. I'm, I'm, that's it. I'm recording them. I'm watching that. I mean, Double, double Indemnity is, is sort of go back to that one because you, you mentioned Edward G. Robinson and he's in that. That's yep. an absolute all time classic. I mean, I know it was billed as, you know, a B movie and a budget movie, but it's got him, it's got Barbara Stanwyck in it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that it technically kind of got remade as Double Jeopardy. 
in the 90s. A woman who discovered that she could, um, her yeah. husband had faked his, had framed her for his murder and was still alive because technically she, said she could kill him. Um, she was, it was Gina Davis. Was it? And actually, yeah. yeah, that was, yes. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Terrible film. My God, where did that come from? I'm amazed. I know. Occasionally, yeah. listeners, he's quite lucid. I mean, of course, you know, you got the directors. John Huston made the Maltese Falcon. Yeah. That was his debut as a director. And then he did Key Largo, which is vicious. The Asphalt Dungle. And then Hitchcock did Shadow of a Doubt, Notorious, Strangers on the Train, The Wrong Man. Uh, a number of these are all sort of Sunset Boulevard. I mean, look how deep and dark that movie is. I mean, and the, and the kicker, at right at the end of it, when you realise, well, I won't tell you, but you watch it and see. I've just remembered, actually, I watched Key Largo many, yeah. many years ago. Well, it was a show on BBC Two at about 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, during the, the heady days of when I should have been revising for my A-levels. First time round. It, it, it's on in the morning there. You know, yeah, when I was a kid, they, they, they wouldn't show them until 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, but they're, they're somewhere along the way, it kind of switched, and they suddenly became daytime TV classics, alongside Norman Wisdom. Norman. Norman. Oh, Mr. Grimm style. I mean, Key Largo is a beautiful, wonderful film. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. I don't, they, they've, all, they've all got that... Uh, just that atmosphere about them. The music at the beginning when they started up. Yeah. And then you've got the TV series that sort of followed on that were actually taken for them. Dragnet. Those things in the early 60s. Dragnet was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible film. And what about there are a thousand uh, there are a thousand tales in the naked, naked city. city. Now to find a naked one. <laughs> oh, fantastically! See, I bloody love these things. Absolutely adore them. I don't. I'd say it's absolutely beautiful stuff. It's kind of weird. It seems to almost kind of sort of fallen away a bit as a style. Sort of, it's too, almost too subtle for modern cinema audiences. Like I said, LA Confidential is de- definitely qualifies, but that's kind of the last one I can think of that would fall into that bracket in sort of the yeah. last 10, 15 years. Yeah, I think it is. There's, um, I, mean, the, um, I mean, in France, they have things like that. In fact, um, Charlie Chaplin, he plays a serial killer. I think it's from about 1948. And it's based on a French movie. He kills these women nastily in it and just just wipes it off. How the movie really Chaplin is fantastic in it. Monsieur Verdou. Monsieur Verdou. Thank you very much. Well done, If you look at if you look at the poster of it, it doesn't say but marrying and murdering rich women. It looks like a typical Chaplin comedy. Ah, it certainly is. Not. A few people would have right. been tripped up by going to see that based on the poster alone. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's dark, really bloody dark. Was well, it a lot? A lot of his work was, wasn't it? I mean, you know, we go back to the Great Dictator. I know that's not film noir, but there's there's the underlying anger. Yeah, at, at world events in you know not in the 1930s that underpinned the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, very true. That's, that's right, and it, 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 it was that, wasn't it? It was the prohibition era, basically. Yeah. And that, that, that was what it was set in, and, and was the template 
And then, of course, the, the bad woman who was always there, who always had pointy breasts and big hair and luscious lips and high heels. I'm beginning to understand how your childhood was shaped. <laughs> you can see where I got things from, though, can't Oh, you? yes. Yes, including that rash. And did you know that there's a movie in 1949, a Japanese one, called Stray Dog? No, I've not heard of this. Stray Dog. Oh, I just wanted to, you know, sort of near to... Um, I mean, this is sort of Italian-making. They, they Because the Italian and the French were taking these things, just as we take now, say, French scripts and making movies from them. Yeah. Then you've actually... You've got the French who are actually taking these scripts and remaking them and making them sexier. Well, so a lot of... I think a lot of... There's a lot of French cinema which actually borrowed, even now, borrows heavily from film noir. Yeah. I mean, um, blah, 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 I've Loved You So Long with Kristen Scott Thomas, the woman who was released from prison. Oh. You never quite know what it is she's done. Swimming Pool with... Um, ah, bad, bad, bad memory. Swimming Pool Charlotte thingy. I'll look it up. Um, that's the badger. Yeah. They are, you know, French, a, lot, a lot of French cinema is surprisingly dark. Well, Charlotte Rampling was in a 1970s film noir, but we, it, which wasn't, but was actually a, a um, harking back and taking the influence from them. Uh, I'm sure she was in one with uh, with um, I can't finish. She was in one with Burt Reynolds, and then she was in one with what's his face? It was actually from the Robert Mitchum. Wow. Because she was incredibly all-knowing um, femme fatale. Mm. It was fantastic early in the day. I mean, just saying about the French, you've got Jean-Paul Belmondo. Oh, him? Yeah, yeah, very famous French actor. Who's, uh, and, of course, he styles himself in his movies, which were late 50s, early 60s in France, all on Bogart. Yeah. Everything was, was done on there. Uh, Jean-Luc Godard films. It's, um, he did a number of them yeah. in that case. Um, Robert Altman, in 1973, Long Goodbye. And, uh, you know, I mean, and they remade all of those. And then, of course, then Woody Allen, in 72, did play it again, Sam. And that was, that was an affectionate uh, a tribute to those movies. It really was, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it just seems as if, as you say, they they have fallen so out of. Well, it's a bit like to an extent. I noticed on Facebook now there's a campaign trying to get Lauren Hardy movies back on TV during the day. Yeah. In the hope that kids today will watch them and appreciate them, but I I wonder whether it's that you know because my kids would sort of even now. Uh, my grandchildren, same as my my young children, yeah. would actually look at it and go, oh, it's in black and white, they wouldn't watch that. Hey, whoa, 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 back up again, soldier, back up a moment there, sir. That, not you. No, this you. your young children. What hey? are you implying? Sorry? Go what on. Is, what are you suggesting? What I'm suggesting that there's clear segregation are. there. You see, I mean, you're from the 70s. You're a 70s kid. 
I'm not sure I appreciate being lumped in the other category. I quite like <laughs> to think of myself still as a young person. Apparently I'm an old git. No, no, no. no. Just don't well, believe a word. You're a git. I bet not. I don't want to say anything except the fact that I saw somebody put a photograph on Facebook the other day saying, we're 15 years on from this time, and look, she's 18 now. Oh, where did those 15 years go? And I suddenly had this thought in my head, in 15 years' time, I'm going to be approaching 80. Oh, my, your optimism. Oh, my God. That's if I get that bloody no, far. No, 15 years' time, your children will be gathering together to, to say, oh... He'd be approaching 80 now. <laughs> yeah, and I'll be saying, oh, and, 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 and you never know, next year there may be some dicks gigs. Yep, that'll still be going on. And yep. you'll still be moaning about your mother because she'll still be hanging around. Oh, she'll be still here. Oh, um, All right, Chinatown. What? Well, what's Text right. Oh, yes. Right, China, Chinatown was released a year after you were born. Taxi Driver, you were three years old. Yep. But they all hark back to the, well, in fact, do they hark back to the 30s and Jimmy Cagney? I'd, I'd say Taxi Driver is perhaps more back to the, the classic 40s era. But I mean, even, even to the extent two years after you, were, after you were born, Robert Mitchum, in his last notable noir role, was in Farewell, My Lovely. And I think that's where Charlotte Rampin was in, in the one with him. I mean, you, you, wouldn't, you couldn't make this stuff up, you know. Well, I mean, even to the extent, you know, I mean, they're, they're looking at this and saying that a modern femme fatale, Sharon Stone, in Basic Instinct. Yeah. I mean, Basic Instinct harks back as well, to a certain extent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you've got the you know, grisly murder and the police and the, the femme fatale and yada yada yada. It's got all the tropes. I mean, even Reggie Bull. I think we can look at that with Scorsese's. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, it, it's it, it's uh, harking back. It's taking inspiration from those those uh, movies actually in that time. Back when Scorsese. That's why I think perhaps some of the younger people who might actually hear this or do this stuff will actually go onto YouTube and decide to just have a. A look and think, oh, well, let, let's go back, have a look at, put film noir in, put film noir and put in um, 1950s. I'm going to do that now while you're waffling. I'm going to see what, what comes up. And Good idea. And we shall suggest these to our younger listener. I mean, because, I mean, if you, you're looking at stuff like this, if you think about Fargo, to an extent, that's, yeah. you know, that, that, that's using the same, the same feel from it. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the, so all these things that these kids I think are, are incredibly cool. I mean, I know for a fact that perhaps what to me was the 40s and 50s film noir at late at night in the 70s yeah. is now perhaps where kids in their 20s and 30s might be looking back to Blue Velvet and Dennis Hopper. Yeah. 86. Yeah. Um, they might be going back and saying, God, look at the stuff they had back there. And then Cronenberg, Naked Lunch. Yes. Which is the Burroughs novel. That, again, it mixes surrealism, film noir, reservoir dogs. Perhaps the most famous of all that we're talking about, Pulp Fiction. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. shadow of a doubt. So, if you type in film noir into yeah. YouTube, children, 
Uh, the first suggestion is film noir full movies. And there are endless playlists of full classic films. The individual films, if you can't face watching 74 hours of film noir, uh, you could have The Lady Confesses, The Green Glove, The Third Man. Ah? The Big Combo. The Big Combo? Yeah. You see, second, now, a lot of those sound like B-movies, and I would suggest that if they go back and watch the B-movies, the B-movies are, are fun to go back once you've actually sorted out perhaps the, the lead ones with Bogart in and Edward G and some of those in the 50s that actually... What do they put down as saying the classic of the genre? Do they... Do they are they able to do that? Uh, I mean, I didn't realise. Did you know that Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, right? Yeah. The screenplay, screenplay for that, yeah. was based in part on a, a novel by a guy called Brett Halliday, and he published his first stories in the 1920s. I think I did. I think I did look that up by accident. Mm. I mean, that's, that's really interesting, isn't it? Well, to a certain extent. Cause, I mean, uh, and then, and then graphic novels... Provide the basis for road to perdition yeah. and things, things like that. But if you're talking about Kiss Kiss so, Bang Bang, the guy who wrote and directed that, Shane Black, went on and his film from earlier this year, The Nice yeah. Guys, which is another classic 70s private, private dicks kind of film. Right, um, yeah. Which yeah. is funny, it's got a lot of comedy in it, but it's got that gritty, sleazy, private dick kind of thing going on in there. So that kind of harks back to it as well. And you were talking about the Cohen brothers with Fargo. And of course, we managed to forget to mention the man who wasn't there, starring a very young Scarlett Johansson ah. and Billy Bob Thornton. Blade Runner. The amount of kids nowadays will be looking back and watching that say, oh, it's a classic, look at this, you want to watch this in this time. Yeah. This was made, I was, only, I was only nine years old when it was made. Wow, were they making films back then? No, I mean you. You were nine years old when Blade Runner was made. No. Yeah, but you no. go, you know, and you look back and you're going, oh, how great is this? But Blade Runner only came out a couple of years ago. <laughs> 1982, the year I got married. Shut up. <laughs> Top Monkeys, Minority Report. But all of these. Yeah. Oh, we could have, on YouTube, you could watch The Upturned Glass, starring James Mason. Oh, James Mason! James Mason! Oh, James Mason! Or Impact. Oh, surprisingly long films as well, because like, Impact is nearly two hours long. Is it? Yeah. Because yeah, the majority of them would be about 85 minutes, wouldn't yeah, it? 90, 90 minutes, no more. Yeah, because Black Angel from 1946 is an hour and 20. Ah, more standard yeah. for the time. Yeah. Oh, I might have to hook my Mac up to my TV and just watch endless black and white movies now before I go to the theatre this evening. I'm going to the theatre. Yeah, I, 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 can I, I can imagine. I can imagine the joy that will bring in your household. Yes, almost certainly. And she was <laughs> already less. She decided to conceded to attempt to see what Are You Being Served was like, and she lasted less time than I did. And I only lasted about seven minutes. Although we are both uh, both, both hugely addicted to Better Call Saul. Yeah. Both, I don't know if you've watched that yet. No, no, I haven't watched, watched it yet. It. I'm, I'm saving it. it. It's superb. I'm, 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 in fact, I may go off in a moment and I, I may start binging on it. I would. I would highly yeah. recommend. There is one episode where we were absolutely falling about, tears down our cheeks, laughing. And immediately, the next episode, 
we were gripped in silence. The fact that he went, they went from such brilliant car crash comedy. So oh, really? Yeah, to tension that was just so, so, so gripping, we didn't speak. Back to back episodes. It's just quality. Absolute quality. I'm, I'm, with your permission, as you are the artist, yeah. at the end yeah. of this, I'm going to play, if I can find it, a, the actual song, Private Dicks. Oh, oh go on, on then. Are, are you okay with that, sir? I'm certainly fine with that. I mean, the one and a half pence I will donate to charity. You, you think I'm going to be? I'm going to play enough for you to actually get any money out of this? I'm <laughs> Let me drag that down to here. Let me push that into there. Talk amongst yourselves. Here we go. Fantastic. I mean, there are all the people I should actually say that um, I want to give quotes for all the stuff that I've put on there, but I'm sure they won't mind because essentially we spread them. We're spreading the love out there. Go and see these movies. Go and watch them. Get them on YouTube. Get your Chrome thing from Google. Stick them up on your big screen and enjoy them. And on that lovely note, on that powerful note, we shall have to say goodbye for this month. Goodbye to the man in the mumbles, Mr. Gavin King. <laughs> the mumbles, the mumbles! Goodbye! Goodbye, and we shall return, hopefully, before the end of the year to do something else. <laughs> right. Goodbye, dear. Goodbye, my dear. Sleep tight. A solution has been found.